Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. On April 5th, 1968, the words of one third grade teacher changed lives forever. You see, that was the day after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Well, on that day in Riceville, Iowa, Stephen Armstrong was the first student to arrive in Mrs. Jane Elliott's third grade class. And he asked her, why did they shoot that king? Well, after the rest of the students arrived, Mrs. Elliott talked with them about what happened. She asked her all-white class how they thought it might feel to be African-American children who had to face discrimination. Well, in order to help them understand, she asked them if they wanted to do a little experiment with them. And they agreed. And Mrs. Elliot then launched her famous blue-eyed, brown-eyed experiment. Perhaps you've heard about it already. She told her students that blue-eyed kids were superior to brown-eyed kids. That meant the blue-eyed kids got special privileges, like more food at lunchtime and a longer recess. And it meant that the brown-eyed kids got unfair treatment, like having to drink from a different water fountain. Well, at first, of course, the brown-eyed kids resisted. But then she told them that melanin, the pigment that makes your eye color, was connected to higher intelligence and learning ability. So that meant there was nothing the brown-eyed kids could do about it. It was just their lot in life. Within the day, her classroom was transformed. The blue-eyed kids began to act bossy. And the brown-eyed kids began to act timid. And as expected, some of the brown-eyed kids cried. Well, on the next day, though, she reversed the roles. The brown-eyed kids became superior, and the blue-eyed kids became inferior. And the same kind of dynamics played out. At the end of the second day, she finished the experiment by having the kids write letters to Coretta Scott King, telling her about their experiences. Their letters were printed in the local newspaper, and then the story was picked up by the Associated Press. And then Elliot's rise to fame began. Eventually, she retired from teaching to become a full-time speaker against discrimination. One of the key insights from her experiment, of course, is that the words we say to people have a dramatic effect on who they are and how they behave. But I bet you know that already. Maybe you've had people criticize you. And if it wasn't for your eye color, maybe it was skin color, or your gender, or your age, or your weight, or your appearance, or your personality, or your interests, or your job, or your lifestyle, or whatever. Right? You've heard what other people think about you. 
And it didn't take long for those words to sink in. And now, even if it's been years after the fact, those words still shape how you see yourself. They still shape how you behave. Today, you have that little voice in your head that just won't stop being negative. Well, of course, negative voices can bring you down, but sometimes positive voices can set the bar too high. Like Mrs. Elliot's words made some of her students feel superior to the others. But what happened when those favored students made a mistake? Did she forgive them? Or did she demand perfection from them? Maybe you know that feeling too. Maybe you feel like you're expected to be the perfect kid or the perfect student, the perfect spouse, or the perfect parent, the perfect employee, or the perfect boss. You like it when people compliment you, but sometimes it feels like those expectations are way too high for you. Those words have power too. And sometimes that power feels like extra pressure put on you. What happens when you screw up? What happens when you don't make it? What happens when you can't live up to what they think you should be? Well, Jesus' words have power too. Last week, we heard the beginning of his famous Sermon on the Mount. We heard him remind all of those who are down and out that they are still blessed that God still remembers them and cares for them. And today we hear what he said immediately after that. He calls them the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And his words are directed at all of them. Right? It's a plural you. All of you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. But wait a minute. It's one thing to remind those on the bottom that God still cares for them. It's another thing to say that they have a big impact on the world. I mean, in a way, it's like telling children that God still cares for them, which is true. But honestly, it's still the adults who make the important decisions in life, right? And yet, Jesus is saying that those who are poor in spirit or mourning or meek, that they are the ones who are the salt of the earth and the light of the world? Really? They have that much of an impact that they can influence the whole world? It sounds like he's setting the bar too high, doesn't it? That sounds like a really big expectation, especially for people who are at the bottom. Right? When we think of people who have an influence over the whole world, we usually think of famous people in history. We think of rulers of nations. 
We think of inventors and scientists. We might even think of individuals like Jane Elliott. But notice that she's the one who made the impact, not her third graders. Right? Whatever happened to them? Whatever happened to Stephen Armstrong and all of his classmates? They were the subjects in her experiment. She toyed with their emotions. She helped them learn a lesson. And then she was the one who became famous for it. But what about them? What kind of impact have they had on the world? They just faded away into history, right? So who's more important here? The students? Or Jane Elliott? It seems really strange that Jesus would call his audience the salt of the earth and the light of the world when they are the ones who fade away into history. Remember, the crowd who was listening to him was, quote, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics. Oh, and by the way, the very next part of that verse says, and he cured them. Maybe he made their conditions go away, implying that they shouldn't be that way anymore. But perhaps the very fact that he called them blessed and then called them the salt of the earth and the light of the world, maybe that helped them too. Because words have power. What you say doesn't just hurt people, and it doesn't just set ridiculously high bars for them. It can also heal them. Your words can change people and the world for the better. Just consider the famous song that was inspired by this passage. You know what it is. This little light of mine. It's one of those songs that we all learned as kids. Right up there with Jesus loves me and he's got the whole world in his hands. But nobody really knows who first wrote that song. But even so, it has still persisted as one of the staples of Christian music. And it has changed people's lives for the better. In fact, this particular song was used as an anthem during the Civil Rights Movement. The very movement that Jane Elliott wanted her students to learn about. And even today, it is still used as a song of hope and an alternate way of living in the world. For example, in 2017, in Charlottesville, Virginia, a group of white supremacists had gathered for a rally. A pastor and activist named Osajifu Seku led a counter-protest. 
And then he started leading his people in singing this little item. He told a reporter from NPR, we had originally said that we were going to stand silently, but the Nazis were marching past us in these various battalions, cursing and yelling, mostly homophobic slurs at us. And you could feel the energy of the people who weren't with us, who we hadn't trained. They were getting amped up. So he knew in that moment that he had to do something that would change the atmosphere. And he said, I know song can do that. So I just broke into this little light of mine. The tensions went down. And it shook the Nazis. They didn't know what to do with all that joy. We weren't going to let darkness have the last word. So what is it about this song? What is it about these words? What is it about this promise that can change things like that? Well, it's because the message that Jesus said was not a prescription, but a description. He wasn't telling people that they had to become the light of the world. He wasn't setting some unrealistic bar for them. Instead, he was being descriptive. He was telling them who they already were. In other words, when others say that you are not important, even when they try to put you down, even when they tell you that you are less than, even when they yell slurs at you and say nasty stuff to you, and even when those own voices come from inside your own head, then just remember how Jesus defines you. You are the light of the world. Not you should be, or if you work hard enough, then you might be, but you are the light of the world. And remember, that's a plural you. All of you. You, the people of God at St. Paul Lutheran Church. We who follow Jesus together, we are the light of the world. Words have power, my friends. They have the power to change people and change societies and change the world. And especially Jesus' words have the power to do that. And now, through us, we can use his words to change others, too. We can encourage them to let their light shine as well. Maybe they are third graders who need the reminder that they can indeed change the world. Maybe they're your neighbors who need to know that their light does make a difference. 
Maybe there are people in your own family. People close to you who need to know that their light matters not only to you, but to everyone else they need to. All of them can share the light of Jesus. And whether we're remembered for that or we fade away into history, the point of sharing the light is so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Darkness and discrimination and death do not have the last word. Instead, because of Jesus working in this world, because of Jesus working through us, because of Jesus working through you, light and life and love prevail because Jesus' words have power. In the name of this one who gives us that light to share, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.